Shared parenting does make it easy. I'm your host, Chris Batchelor, and this is the Parent Time Podcast. Parent Time Podcast is presented by National Parents Organization, a national nonprofit who is working hard to bring shared parenting nationwide. Today, I interviewed Dr. Jennifer Harmon, who talks to us about the International Conference on Shared Parenting in 2020. The topics of the 2020 conference explore domestic violence and shared parenting. This is a great event for parents, lawyers, mental health professionals, and researchers to come together to further the science behind shared parenting. Dr. Jennifer Harmon is an associate professor of psychology at Colorado State University in the Applied Social and Health Psychology program. She received her doctorate in social psychology from the University of Connecticut in 2005 and specializes in the study of intimate relationships. She also has two master's degrees from Teachers College and Columbia University. She received her doctorate in social psychology from the University of Connecticut in 2005 and specializes in the study of intimate relationships. She served as a family substance abuse counselor for several years prior to entering into academia. She's currently an associate professor of psychology at Colorado State University. Dr. Harmon regularly conducts training for legal and mental health professionals on parental alienation and has served as an expert witness and consultant on civil and criminal cases involving parental alienation and other forms of family violence. With that, here's my interview with Dr. Jennifer Harmon. So welcome, Dr. Harmon, and uh, thank you for coming on and talking to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about uh, what's this conference coming up that's the International Conference for Shared Parenting? Yes, it's the annual conference that the ICSP, which is the acronym for it, uh, hosts every year. Uh, this year, it was supposed to be in Vancouver um, in the spring, but due to COVID, we had to kind of shift gears. And um, so it'll be a virtual conference um, the beginning of December. Um, I can, can I can share a link for it, too. So anybody who's watching, if you're interested in, in going attending, you can you can join. Um, it's free and it'll be live streamed. And so you'll be able to see all the presentations and there'll be some great opportunities to network as well. Uh, there's live hallway chats that are going to be online where you can pop into different virtual rooms and chat with other attendees on different topics um, and even just talk about or debate things that you've heard in you know, presentations just before these chat rooms. Um, and so it'll be an exciting event. Um, the, the theme of the event is the intersection of family violence and shared parenting. Um, because the, uh, the president of ICSP had asked me to serve as a scientific co-chair to select talks and presentations that could help bring a dialogue uh, to the topic of family violence and how do we address shared parenting um, advocacy um, and um, you know the the work that's being done in the the shared parenting area, um, while also addressing concerns about family violence and protecting children. Um, and you know historically, those have been kind of very polarized fields with people who are working um, to kind of promote their own agendas. Um, and our goal was to try to bring everybody together and see what we all have in common and how can we protect children while also um, doing and promoting um, services and policies that we know benefit children, such as equal access to two healthy parents, <laughs> right? So 
So that's kind of the intent of the conference. And I, I we're very pleased with the program. Um, there's speakers kind of with very different opinions that are going to present. Um, and we wanted it that way. We wanted it where it's an opportunity to bring all these ideas to it to the table, bring um, everyone's concerns to the table so that we can have a more interesting and well-rounded dialogue. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, I think it's important that we start having that conversation around domestic violence and shared parenting, because uh, at least I know from my experiences when advocating for shared parenting, the, the folks on the other side that are against it always bring up the, the domestic violence argument. But mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people, um, you know, who, who are pro-shared parenting see um, the domestic violence will get, you know, the rates will go down as you have more shared parenting. It's sort of a long-term fix, I think, um, you know, to the issue. Is is that kind of how you see it or? Yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, there are a lot of valid concerns on both sides of this argument, right? Um, I think there's a lot of misunderstandings even on how to assess and treat domestic violence and child abuse. Um, There's a lot of, um, misunderstandings about how to treat um, parental alienation, which is an area of research that I I focus on. Um, Just a lot of misunderstandings about what they are, misunderstandings and miseducation or poor education around um, the dynamics and things that create it. And unfortunately, then those things create um, problems and outcomes for children that understandably make people, I think, hesitant to want to say, hey, let's let's promote shared parenting when there might be abuse, right? Um, but, you know, if, if we can all find, maybe find ways that we say, how can we better assess and protect children um, and at the same time have a presumption of shared parenting that um, is rebuttable in cases where there's violence, right? You know, so that that's this rebuttable assumption idea where if we can find ways to ensure that children are protected when there is family violence, then we don't have to worry as much about putting children in the care of two healthy parents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to be competing agendas at all. Um, and so, you know, I think the important thing is trying to find the common ground and and that entails being able to listen to the concerns of other people. And um, we're hoping that the conference will be an opportunity for that to happen. Well, that's fantastic. And um, so tell me a little bit more about the conference. Is it is it really just for academics or is it for, you know, people that are interested in shared parenting? Is it more for the lay people? Um, you know, what, what's a good uh, representation of who's going to be there? Well, the, the interesting thing about the International Council on Shared Parenting is it's um, the whole mandate or the whole kind of design of it is to include not just research or and mental health and legal practitioners, but also um, just the civil society. So there's many, there's a whole branch of people who are just, you know, parents or other people who are interested in this topic, but aren't professionals working in that area. And so there's talks that are kind of targeting everybody. You know, there's some sets of talks on advocacy there's some that are just on kind of current state of research. Um, there's some on legal issues and trying to understand kind of how different countries are dealing with family violence and um, and um, policy. Uh, so there's a whole range of different topics. Um, the way it's organized is that there's a we have about 30 plenary speakers, which is a lot for a conference. Um, and those are standalone talks of invited speakers. Um, But then we also have um, simultaneously in different times uh, sets of workshops where there are several sets of talks organized around kind of common 
um, ideas that were submitted by people who wanted to present either research or um, opinions and different ideas that they had. And so we have several of those operating and there's even two workshops that are running that are live um, that you can attend. Um, one of them is, um, I, and I forget the person's name, I have to look at the, at the program, but um, they're gonna bring in a panel of parents who've been alienated from their children and reunited uh, and talk about what that was like. And so it'll be a really neat um, kind of live conference. Um, most of it will be uh, streaming uh, videos that have been pre-recorded. And then at the end of each of the talks, um, there's a live moderated discussion. Uh, so it's a kind of a mix, like a hybrid of live and recorded sessions. And the reason we did that is because there's speakers from all over the world who are presenting. <laughs> uh, you know, we have speakers from Italy and um uh, Brazil, um, you know, the U.S., uh, you know, all over. And so we, we wanted to make sure that the stability of the internet was, <laughs> was not a problem uh, and that we, everybody can get some high quality content. Um, we even have speakers from Iran. Um, and so, so I think it'll be a really diverse set of opinions and from people from, you know, South Africa and different, all, all parts of the world. So. Well, that's fantastic. And I, yeah, I think here in the States, we, we sort of live in our own bubble, right? We sort of forget that there's the rest of a whole world out there, but shared parenting certainly is uh, taking hold across the world. And it's, I think it's fantastic to see uh, all these different people come together really with uh, pretty much the same message, right? Yeah, very similar. I mean, people have different opinions about whether there should be a legal presumption or not. Right. Um, but, but, you know, and here's where I think, you know, the discussion and dialogue will be really interesting. You know, like if, if there was to be a legal presumption, mm -hmm. what would need to be in place, you know, what would make right. people comfortable, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's where it's important, I think, to approach this with open, an open mind. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's hard, and, and, I, and I understand why it's really hard for sometimes people to do that when yeah. it's an emotional topic and it can be. Um, it's been historically polarizing and other things. And it's, you know, as a scientist, I, I, I pride myself on trying to be as objective as I can and try to step back, mm. and take my emotions out of, <laughs> out of what I'm looking at. But I know that, you know, that's not the case for everybody, especially if it's something that's affecting you personally, you know, um, it's hard to do that. Are you, uh, are you going to be presenting at the conference or are you just attending? Yes, I'm presenting a um, as part of one of the plenary sessions. There's a section on parental alienation, so um, current research, treatment, and intervention. Um, and so there's four of us speaking in that section. Uh, Dr. Bill Burnett's going to be speaking. Um, I'm speaking. Um, Dr. Mandy Mathewson is um, presenting from Australia. Uh, and Ashish Joshi, who's an attorney who specializes in litigating parental alienation cases. And he's going to present an international law perspective on that. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, that'll be a, a nice set of talks. Um, and so, um, but yeah, and so each of the plenary sessions are kind of organized on different themes, just mm -hmm. like workshops are. And so, so yeah, so my talk will be in that, that section. Well, yeah, certainly anybody who's interested in shared parenting at all, it sounds like this is going to be a fantastic resource for them to join and learn and, and be part of the discussion. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's awesome. 
So tell me a little bit about uh, your research and, and how did you get started on, you know, researching families and shared parenting and that sort of thing? Uh, you know, where, where's your genesis and all this and, uh, and, and where is it taking you? Um, well, I've always studied close relationships and intimate relationships since I was in graduate school back in 2000. <laughs> That's when I started. Um, I've been at Colorado State University as, an, as a professor. Um, I'm now an associate professor. Um, I've been there since 2005. Um, and I've always studied close relationships and like the power dynamics and trying to understand how people can influence each other in relationships to do good or bad things. Um, and it wasn't until probably about eight or nine years ago that I really became interested in the study of family violence. Um, I, I had published some papers on domestic violence and other things and studied that, um, um, like more intimate terrorism um, and, um, you know, um, that, that kind of violence, um, which is, you know, battery, you know, that kind of, of violence. Um, but then I started becoming interested in the topic of parental alienation, largely because I've seen it happen to a lot of people close to me. And um, then when my husband and I got married, we were dealing with that as well. So I kind of know, and I was shocked as somebody who'd studied close relationships and intimate relationships my whole career. I was shocked that I didn't ever, had never learned anything about that. <laughs> no one had ever, I'd never read a study on it. I'd never been exposed to anything that explained what it was that we were experiencing. Everything I had read didn't make any sense. It didn't apply to our experience. Um, and then I came across what it was, um, but that, you know, some of the classic work by um, Dr. Amy Baker and other people. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, how could somebody like myself, who's a scientist in this area, not know anything about this? And so it kind of spurred me to want to learn more about it. Um, and so I reached out actually to a colleague of mine who had published a few papers on parental alienation. And she's at my university. In fact, she's a, a floor above me in the building where I work. And I had actually served with her on several graduate student committees um, for their dissertation and master's thesis proposals and things. And she and I had never really talked about her work on parental alienation. And so I reached out to her and I said, you know, I really think we should, you know, collaborate on some work because there's, especially a lot of the work that I saw had been, that had been done in the area was mostly in clinical areas or, or legal approaches to the problem. And I'm a social psychologist, which is different than clinical psychology. Uh, and um, so in other words, I, I approach things kind of more from understanding how people influence each other and you know how societies and groups and other things influence individuals. Uh, and so I, I, and I kept seeing that a lot of, in these cases where there's parental alienation, you can see a lot of influence of a parent on a child you see the use of therapists and courts and other things in order to get advantage, right? <laughs> uh, and custody, and this is where custody comes in too. And why, even though the crux of my research isn't on um, shared parenting, but it, custody and the amount of time parents have with children definitely impacts um, the quality of the relationship and the ability of the person, an alienating parent to be effective, right? And so, so there's definitely an intersection of my research with shared parenting research. Um, and so 
so that's sort of how I got into it. And so it, we um, we started collaborating. My, my colleague and I, uh, Dr. Zainab Beringen, and we wrote a book on it. Um, then we started, we interviewed um, almost 100 parents around the world just to kind of get a sense, a better sense of what, what their experiences have been like, um, which then kind of served as an impetus for a lot of research questions that I've been tackling. And so since since I started doing this work, I've pretty much almost published about a dozen papers just in the last few years um, in peer-reviewed journals. And, you know, we wrote a book and have a few book chapters. I just finished an encyclopedia entry for <laughs> for a, uh, a, a publisher. Um, so it's been taking off, um, you know, all my research and, and I have like so many projects I'm working on right now. It's 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 you know, my head spins half the time when I'm trying to explain what I'm working on. But but it's been exciting. It's been an exciting road. <laughs> so. It certainly sounds like it. So where uh, where's the future taking you? Is there any brand or specific area of the research that you're going to focus on? Is it going to be uh, the conflict or the domestic violence or the shared parenting or all of that together? Um, well, so part of it, you know, the research questions really kind of depend on what's most pressing at the moment, right? So I published my first few papers kind of in this area was really trying to get a grasp on how common it is. So I published a few papers on prevalence. Um, and so, um, but then now that I kind of have a sense of that, I've moved on. Um, so I've been looking and trying to understand it from the perspective of it, of parental alienation being a form of family violence which means it's, it includes not just child abuse, but also domestic violence. Um, because the strategies and the behaviors that a parent uses to try to harm the relationship between another parent and their child are also intended to harm the other parent. You know, they're right. intended yep. to hurt them, which by definition is domestic violence. Um, now, whether it raises to the level of violence, that's debatable. I know some people don't agree with that, but that's the same thing with child abuse. You know, how, how bad does it have to be before it rises to a level in which you consider it uh, something you need to intervene with, right? right. And, and the same thing with, I think, with parental alienation. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not still considered violence if it's severe enough, right? Um, and so so that that's sort of been the crux of a lot of my work, trying to understand what kind of violence we're talking about, because there's there's... Um, two basic kinds of family violence, if you kind of categorize them. One is a bit more like intimate terrorism, where you have one person who's more powerful. Um, they tend to be more pathological <laughs> or mm -hmm. have some trauma in their lives that that leads to their behaviors. Um, you see cycles of abuse. Um, but then another kind of violence is more um, reciprocated, where you have two people who have similar levels of power and they just use aggression as like a means to an end. It's a very different kind of pattern. Um, and parental alienation in my work so far resembles more battery or intimate terrorism um, because you have a power difference between the parents. You know, it's usually very patterned um, behaviors with intent to harm and kind of consolidate power um, similar to what a batterer does. Um, and so, so that's kind of where a lot of my research is focused on trying to understand that better and try to provide a test whether there's empirical support for that idea. And um, so far there has been. Um, and I've also been now focusing on research that um, kind of designed to replicate some other studies that have been done by people who are critics of parental alienation research. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah, to see whether or not the findings that they are claiming um, can be replicated and supported. Um, and because that's the basis of science. You don't just do one study and move on. Right. You yeah. know, the idea is you want to have it transparent and replicable, um, meaning that can you show that you find this again? Can you find it again using different measures? Can you find it again using different populations? And if you can, then you can have more confidence that what was found is true. Right. Um, and so um, my colleague, uh, Dr. Demosthenes Lorandos, and I just had a paper accepted for publication. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about this at the conference, um, but where we tried to replicate a study that has been getting a lot of media attention by uh, Joan Meyer, who's a kind of a fierce critic of parental alienation work. Um, she's made claims that parental alienation is just a claim that abusive fathers make to get out of um, child abuse claims, you know, or they say that, oh, I'm being alienated in order to get, get out of um, being accused of sexual abuse, for example. Um, and so she, she did a study where they reviewed appellate court cases where alienation, parental alienation was found or alleged to have been found. Um, and we found about 30 major methodological flaws with the study like bad flaws in terms of how the sample was selected, who did the coding, how they defined their codes, how they analyzed their data. There were a lot of concerns. And we tried to reach out to her, my, my research team, to get information from her about how she did what she did. And she didn't give it to us. Uh, so we had to essentially construct the study based on the limited information that was provided in the paper that they published. Um, but needless to say, we, we did our own independent study and we designed it in order to overcome the, the problems that we identified with her study. Um, and it took us about nine months to finish. Uh, we finished it this summer, uh, wrote it up and it was just accepted for publication. And I can kind of at least tell you here, um, should, it should be in print soon once we get the final kind of copies to review. Um, but we didn't find any support for the hypotheses that she claimed. Uh, she claimed that mothers were losing custody um, more than fathers and that whenever they, mothers claimed that they were being abused, that they were more likely to lose custody um, and that even when the dad was found to be abusive, that's, that's what she claimed she found in her study. And we did not find that at all in our study. In fact, we found fathers lost custody more than mothers, even when the mom was abusive. Um, or found to be abusive by someone. Uh, we found that um, alienating parents, so parents who had been found by either a psychologist or a custody evaluator or the court to have actually alienated their children, they were the most likely to get decreases in parenting time or lose custody of their children, more so than if a person just alleged that they were being alienated. Mm. Meaning like if somebody just got up and said, I'm being alienated. It's not the courts weren't just agreeing with that. right? Well, <laughs> or, that's good. Yeah. I mean, so there are they are being discerning. I mean, I think there's hope in that, that the courts and other people are saying that, you know what, this is not good for children. And if you're doing this to your child, you will have a decrease in custody or lose custody because it's harmful and they're discerning about it. You know, so I think that's kind of the biggest take home message that it's just not that you can't just throw it out there as a claim and expect it to be believed. Just like if somebody claims that they're being abused, you can't just 
automatically assume that it's true. I mean, it, it goes both ways, right? Um, and so, I mean, certainly there's people who do that, who get up there and claim <laughs> I'm being abused or I'm being alienated and it's not true. Um, or they're maybe misinformed about what it what those mean. Um, but we, the good news is it seems as if, at least our findings indicate that the courts aren't just taking everything at face value, right? And they're looking through these cases very carefully they're not handing kids over to abusive parents. <laughs> they're not, they're not right. taking custody and putting them in the hands of an active abusive parent. Active, Which is we, their job, right? I mean, that's what they're right. there for. So right. it's good to hear that they're doing their job. Was this, was this, a, uh, was the, the basis of this study all from one singular state or was it across multiple states? It's across all states and U.S. territories. Um, okay. We had almost a thousand cases. So 900 and, 58 or something like that cases. So that's a pretty good sized data set then. Yeah. And they're appellate cases. Um, because what's interesting about the United States is we don't require trial level courts to publish their findings. Right. Um, they only have to publish appeals. Um, and so in a lot of ways, it's, so the, the, the results are kind of limited in that respect because um, not everybody can afford an appeal, right? right. So we don't know what's happening at the trial level. Um, right now, we're in the process of doing the same study. Um, we've added a few more hypotheses to, that we're testing, but we're looking at Canada because they do publish trial level cases. And so we are in the process now, we have a research team who we're, we're doing exactly kind of the same study that we're doing now. Um, we're looking at a few more variables because um, at the trial level, there's a lot more detail <laughs> about right. what's going on, yeah. you know, and like a lot more things about what the kids are saying, what they're doing and what the parents are doing. Um, and so we're, we're doing that now. Um, I also have a colleague who's down in um, Australia and they're doing independently their own test of the same hypothesis, looking at Australian cases. So, so it's exciting that we're, if there's independent labs also replicate or trying to replicate or see if we can replicate the findings um, that Meyer found. And so far we didn't, um, but, um, but we'll see. I mean, it's important to really get good answers to that. Um, so that way we're not, you know, making policy decisions and other things that are based on bad research. Yeah, so hopefully in a couple of years we'll come back to the uh, to the conference for international shared parenting and uh, give us an update on you know what's going on with that same study around the world. I think that's fantastic, or it's uh, I think that's uh, really interesting to see. Um, you know, basically if you get the same result in different countries and different cultures and things like that. Oh yeah. So yes, definitely. And you have a book out, parents acting badly. And, yeah. uh, so, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about the book and I'm going to bring it up here on, on the screen so everybody can see it. <laughs> okay. Well, that was the, the, actually the book that I wrote, um, with Zainab Berenjen or Dr. Berenjen. Um, that was our kind of first foray into this area. Um, this was kind of when I first started kind of pulling together all the research, trying to get a, a grasp about what do we know about parental alienation, um, and then in the later chapters, uh, we present our opinion about kind of more social factors that might be contributing to the problem. Like, why is it getting so bad? <laughs> you know, because right. are like, is it just getting worse? Um, and Dr. Amy Baker and I have actually had this discussion. Is it really getting worse or is it just that we're actually identifying it? You know, and, you know, I don't know necessarily if it's getting worse or not. I mean, because we find alienation all over the world. 
um, you know, parental alienation study group, which is um, another um, kind of organization designed for um, parents and professionals who work in this area. Um, with, we have members from all over the world. I mean, I mean, almost every country. And <laughs> we just got a new member from Kenya. I mean, so it's everywhere. It, it looks a little bit different in different countries and different cultures. Um, for example, in Iran, um, fathers are more likely to be the alienating parent and they're more likely to get custody of their children because um, it's a different culture, you know, um, whereas in the U.S. it's, you know, there's always been this sort of moms are best, you know, kind of approach that's been taken and moms get custody more than dads. Um, so in different cultures, it can look very different. Um, I, I work with a lot of um, students who are from China and they tell me alienation is rampant there, but the divorce isn't. Oh. <laughs> so people who are living in families, especially extended families, because they're larger family groups who live together, um, and alienation's there, but they don't leave the relationship because there's not a strong cultural norm for divorce. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's very interesting on how it plays out in other cultures, um, but it's still present. You know, it's still there. So. Well, that's fantastic. And um, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to me that, you know, we see, you know, across the world, uh, like I said before, I think in the United States, we tend, tend to forget there's other countries out there sometimes and uh, we have unique problems, but we really don't have unique problems. They're really the same problems everywhere else. So yeah. uh, it's it's really uh, interesting to see how the science really speaks to uh, to the issue across cultures. And, and uh, I mean, because people are people. Right. Fundamental and I think level. That, that'll, that will probably actually really be the take home message if you, know, you attend the ICSP conference. I always find them really interesting to hear what's going on and especially a lot of the European countries and how they're handling things. And it's so different from Italy to Sweden. Right. right now. And I was at a conference in um, a few years ago in um, Sweden. Um, I was presenting there. And there was an interesting panel of presenters from Sweden, Norway, and Finland. Mm -hmm. um, and here I thought, oh, they probably all have similar problems because they're all, you know, northern. Oh, and Iceland was also present. So they're all these, you know, Nordic countries. But they were all completely different. You know, like the way Sweden was handling things was totally different than Finland. And, you know, and I, I was shocked because <laughs> I didn't know, you know, and, and the way that their legal system handles issues is very different than in the U.S. because um, they just have a different system of, of um, inquiry. You know, so you, here in the U.S., you, you hire, you have two attorneys and you both present your case and you can hire your own experts. You can, you know, for better or worse, you're, you know, you're having to battle it out like that. Uh, whereas over there um, in, in um, Sweden, the the judge decides whether or not they're going to have an expert. You know, if you're going to have to have an expert decide something, the judge picks who it is. You don't have. Okay. So it's a very different thing. And hmm. if you have, a, a, for example, um, in Stockholm, um, they 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 outsource it to their, I guess, the equivalent of child protection services. Right. Those staff don't understand alienation at all. Um, and so when this outsourced to that, to come up with an assessment, the parent who's dealing with it has no recourse. They can't go out and hire somebody separate to go and combat that opinion. So it's a different set of challenges <laughs> that, that people in other parts of the world are dealing with. Um, 
But I think it is useful to kind of then look at some countries and say, wow, they're doing it better than us. Or that's an interesting mm -hmm. idea. Why don't we think of that way, that approach, you know? So, um, and it's interesting, you know, to see kind of how shared parenting work um, in the Mediterranean uh, and even Germany is different than, than the UK, you know? So it's, um, I think, I think um, if you all attend, you'll find it really fascinating. Well, we certainly look forward to seeing you at the conference and uh, we encourage everybody to join, uh, join the conference and uh, get the most out of it, get all the information you can and learn as much as you can. And uh, how can uh, folks get a hold of you or, or see your work uh, outside of uh, the ISC, ICPS? <laughs> or ICSP, yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. That's okay. That's kind of an awkward acronym. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to think of where I do have a website, a personal website, where I kind of post updates on publications and other things. Um, it's just my full name, Jennifer Jill Harmon at gmail or at dot com. Yeah, Jennifer Jill Harmon dot com. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then um, I, I sometimes post. Um, I'm at Colorado State University, so my my website at the university also has kind of more recent updates on work. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, you know, I guess I do have some social media outlets. I've actually decided to cut social media predominantly for, you know, mm -hmm. for my own sanity, sure. so, but I do, you know, sometimes we'll post things on um, a simply parent, which is uh, uh, there's a Facebook group called simply parent. Um, it's part of a nonprofit that I'm on the board of directors for. Okay. Um, and um, so I'll post kind of updates there. Um, yeah, so. Um, All right. Well, well, we'll be sure to post those links uh, along with this uh, video. So if people are interested, they can just click the link and get a hold of you there. But thank you so much for coming on and telling us about the conference and about your research. And uh, it's really interesting to see, uh, you know, how this all pulls together and, um, you know, how it's really not just a, a micro problem here in the United States. It's, it's all over the world. So thank right. you so much for the work that you do and for joining us today. Okay. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you. Now that was recorded on video. So if you want to go ahead and watch the video, you can find the link in the show notes. It's on YouTube. And if you have any questions, you can contact national parents organization at sharedparenting.org. Don't forget to like national parents organization on social media. Just go ahead and do a Facebook search for National Parents Organization and smash the like button. You're also going to find several Facebook pages for different state chapters, so go ahead and like those pages as well. And don't forget, you can also follow National Parents Organization on Twitter or LinkedIn. The links to those social media sites are on the sharedparenting.org website. If you're passionate about shared parenting, the best thing you can do is get involved. And the best way to do that is by contacting your state chapter. If you head over to the sharedparenting.org website, you can find the links to your state chapter and then contact them directly to take action and volunteer. We could also use your help with donations. National Parents Organization is a nationally recognized nonprofit registered in Massachusetts. To donate, visit sharedparenting.org and click the take action and then donate. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Tell us what you think on social media or by going to the sharedparenting.org website and sending us a message. Fill out that contact form and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear about what you think about the show or what you want to hear on the show, those sorts of things. So go ahead and, and send us a message. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Chris Batchelor. Thanks for listening, and together we can help bring shared parenting nationwide. Stop.